0: What do you mean? I think you know exactly what we're doing here, Daniel. Yeah, yeah,
1: come on. Daniel, you, you had the yes movement. And as a, as a tribute, as a, as a show respect for you, we have the yep movement. See, because for nine months now on SmackDown Live, we, we have been scrutinized and, and degraded
2: just... Well, just like you were. We, we are like you. We have... You are nothing like me. If anything, this proves it. The Yes Movement was never about me. It was about them. It was about what the WWE Universe wanted, and it's about what they deserved. Okay, okay. And this is almost exactly like that, but it's more about what we want and what we deserve. Don't tell me that
1: you, of all people, have been drinking the Kool-Aid that Shane McMahon's been giving everybody. Huh? Come on. Look, you know why he made himself special guest referee in that tag match at Clash of Champions. You know it. Everyone knows it. He is going to screw
2: us. He wants to screw us and take food off our family's tables. Do you understand that? I realize that you two are incredibly talented. Not that Shane wouldn't, but I am going to make sure that your match this Sunday is fair. And if you lose, guess what? There will be no excuses. So this Sunday, at Clash of Champions, there will be a second guest referee in your tag match. And that man is me.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It is another wrestling podcast. It's called Top Marks. It is another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me, as always, is the janitor himself, Josh Custodio. All
2: that she wants is another Top Marks. <laughs> She's gone tomorrow, but all that she wants is another Top Marks. Yeah. Well,
1: we are here here to give it to her. That's what she is looking for. Yeah. We are
2: here. Justin, uh, I loved that intro, but I couldn't meet it with your energy this week.
1: Yeah, you're a little uh, under the weather.
2: Yeah, is that as, how you say extremely hungover? As
1: we all are, of course. Yeah, I
2: mean, yeah, we've talked about this. No yes, one, has, no this.
1: one who among us can be above the weather.
2: Not anybody, nobody that I would associate with. Yes. I uh, know, Justin. While I am under the weather with the, you know, the entire human population, I'm extremely hungover. Now that doesn't mean this isn't going to be an episode worth listening to. In fact, it's probably going to be better than ever because I'll sort of be sitting in the in the stands watching powerful young JMO do his thing you know what I mean
1: yeah I'm gonna bring you in for the hot tag every so often thank you yeah but mostly I mean I guess that technically makes me the baby face in peril so I'm just struggling uh, yeah i <laughs> It's a tag match against the show. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay. not having a good time over here. But right. you're just sitting over on the wings, being like, yeah, he's got this thing. Yeah, he's doing a lot. I'm like Enzo Amore style, like hopping on one foot, <laughs> trying to reach back to my corner. <laughs> I can't quite get there.
2: And you're better at talking, so I guess you would be the Enzo to our Enzo and big cast mm-hmm. dynamic.
1: And I'm very annoying. Yeah, also, so there's that. Yeah, so there's that as well. Yeah. And, uh, you love yeah. to
2: dress extremely flamboyantly and get your hair cut with leopard spots in it all the time yeah
1: and nia Jax is in love with me also.
2: <laughs> the, the comparisons <laughs> keep on rolling if you are listening to this right now thank you very much this is as justin said top marks every week he and i go over the one two three biggest topics in the wide world of professional wrestling uh for no longer than how long justin half uh, no not half an hour half half an hour half of half an hour
1: a yes. quarter hour a half half hour a fortnight Fifteen minutes. No, <laughs> One that's meter. two weeks. Two liters. No. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh, oops. Yes, which is
2: the exact length of uh, WCW TV title match.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: What happens if I still want to keep talking? At well the, end the of buzzer 50... is
1: going to sound. Can I
2: keep talking? No,
1: that's gonna keep sounding. Okay. I mean technically you can keep talking. What it happens? It just is going to continue to sound. Can
2: you show me what that would look like? Yeah. So, so oh I'm making some great points over here. Here I am, I'm talking. <clears throat> oh, I'm just gonna I'm just going to keep... I got. i trying to... Okay, yeah, that, that seems to work pretty well. That's a good dissuader. So yeah. only 15 minutes. We do that because, you know, really, who wants to listen to us talk for that long? We we get right to the meat of the issues, and that's what we're here for.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, Josh, what were our big three topics this week?
2: Well, Justin, let me tell you. I'll tell you what the three rounds are this week. I, I would love it if you would. That's what I'm here There's for. There's nothing I want more. In this episode, this might be all I do, is tell you what the three rounds are. <laughs> uh, this week, so this Sunday, Justin, I don't know if you know this, but uh, WWE's put putting on one of those network events, a pay-per-view. I don't know if you can call it a pay-per-view anymore, but it's called Clash of Champions. So, the Clash of the Champions? The Clash of the Champions. And it's a pay-per-view, you said? I mean, no one's paying. You pay for the network, but they still call it a pay-per-view. Do you think we need new language for that? It's a network special, I think. Is that what they call it on WWE television?
1: I mean, probably not. They should, though, yeah, right? Yeah, they still call it a pay-per-view, because I think you can you can technically still order pay-per-views.
2: Can you imagine if you're doing that? Like, on cable, you're going to be paying $60 yeah. for Clash for, of Especially Champions. for this card. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh, Justin, you and I are going to break down that card, which I do think at the top has something really interesting going on that we should talk about. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll preview that card, give our expectations, what we think might steal the show, the same stuff we do, usually, for a pay-per-view breakdown. Mm-hmm. And round number two, Justin, this is... Uh, sort of untested territory for us, new waters, because uh, we're going to be doing a very sort of sad, dour round.
1: Yeah, it's a big-time bummer of yeah. uh, of a news issue this week, but at the same time, I didn't want to ignore it. We can't, right? Yeah. You know, okay. like, usually there's stuff that we will work around if we can, uh, and this one was just a... It was a big story, two big stories, yeah, in two fact, big stories. and uh, of course, always important when these things are happening. Well, you can just tell them what the stories are first. I I'll think. tell them
2: what it is: Michael Elgin and Rich Swan both did terrible things to women. Yes, <laughs> and uh, we're we're going to talk about that because this is a show. Where we talk about the three biggest topics, and that that was all over my sort of wrestling Twitter this week. I don't know about you. Yeah, very
1: much so, especially over the weekend.
2: No question.
1: Uh, and we were, of course. Uh, joined for that, yes, by a woman herself. Yeah, we know women. Yes, <laughs> sure. or at least one woman. We know a woman, like well, yeah. my
2: my mother also. Yeah, that's true. So, so a couple.
1: Yeah, I also have a mother. Do you know her? Um, how do you? How well <laughs> does anyone really know anyone? You know, <laughs> that's
2: a good question. I don't know.
1: Um,
2: uh, I guess two and a half women we know. Yeah, yeah, but, the, You know,
1: wh- wh- I was going to ask what your mother's name is, Nancy. Well. <laughs> you, you just you just gave away the game there. Oh, because I was saying we should both reveal them at the count of three. Okay,
2: let's do it. Okay, and so I have to try and get, say your mother's name. No, no,
1: no, no. We we both say our mother's name at the same time. Okay, okay
2: all right. Okay, yeah. Here we go.
1: Three, two, one. Martha. Martha!
0: Wow. What? what?
2: Our mothers have the same name. Your mother's name, Martha. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, nope. Well, turns out, neither is mine. <laughs> but can you imagine if we did have the same? Yeah, then we would have gotten along famously. I
2: appreciate that our uh, you know, hashtag good friends chemistry allowed us to just say a name that was <laughs> neither of our mothers at the exact same time. That was truly amazing. Justin, I think, and maybe we should talk about this before we even start the round. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, gl- g- I'm glad that we are kind of get the laughs in early. Yeah, we're going to need them. Because it's going to get heavy later on. There's
2: no question about it. I, and I, I do think it was important to have a, a female voice on this round. Absolutely. You
1: know, you know it kind of put her in a difficult spot talking about uh, very, very serious issues, of course. But uh, we we are going to have a much better time with her in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I don't know how much we want to reveal about that right now. But look forward to a little uh, Top Mark special coming your way. In
2: in a few weeks' time. Absolutely. And then in the third round, something else that seemed to be uh, very contentious on wrestling internet this week, Roman Reigns on uh, Corey Graves' new show, I think it's called Straight from the Source, uh, he interviewed Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns said that he is, and I'll read the exact quote in the round, but he he says basically that he's the greatest in-ring wrestler on planet Earth right now. Uh, We're going to talk about whether we agree or disagree with that, spoiler alert, I don't know about either of us. Super agree with it. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more in round number three. Does this sound fun to you? Yeah, it
1: sounds great. And of course, uh, we've had a sponsor recently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Top Marks Lately has been brought to you by Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, but that is, of course in theaters today, yeah. so their marketing push is over. Well, uh,
2: now that we're millionaires, we no longer needed to...
1: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But we have a new sponsor this week, and it is Solo, a Star Wars story, in theaters next Christmas. (laughs) And we're just going to be promoting that each and every week. Along the year, for the next year. From
2: now until oh, yeah. then, every Oh, this
1: is a 52-week bit, bud. So strap in. Wow. Yeah, Solo, a Star Wars story. Ever wonder what Han Solo was like when he was a boy? No? Well, you're going to find out. In Solo, a Star Wars story. In theaters, Christmas 2018. And with that, I think it's time... For round <laughs> number
0: one! weeks in
2: the...
0: Round
1: one!
2: Fight! Ah! Heidi ho there, Justin.
1: Hello. Who's
2: your favorite uh, seminal punk band from the 1970s?
1: Mm, Probably The Clash.
2: Ah, Mine too, Justin. They're one of my favorite bands ever. Mm -hmm. But what if we just called them Clash? Ah, No, the. It's not enough. You need to add something after Clash. Yes. Uh, Of is a word I really like. Mm -hmm. Clash of Titans? Mm, We're close. Clash of ideas. I like that. It's very punk rock. We're getting warmer. Clash of champions. champions! Why not? Yes, Justin, that is what's happening this Sunday on the WWE Network. A card which uh, I, I like to start these rounds this way. What, what's your expectation level like going into Sunday?
1: I mean, it, it is a pay-per-view kind of in name only. It yeah. feels like a Sunday edition Of a big SmackDown, like a Sin City SmackDown, the one they did in Vegas. I think I was more excited for that. Yeah, that actually might be one of the better pay-per-views of the year, (laughs) despite not even being a (laughs) pay-per-view.
2: I paid the same amount for it. That's true.
1: That is true. Uh, So that's kind of how I'm feeling right now, um, especially with the main event. I mean, we're assuming that the tag match is going to be the main event.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it has to be, right? It has the
1: biggest storyline implications, the most... Uh, Drama and like probably the lasting image that you want to go off the air with. So I'd imagine that's your main event, and that does seem like an episode of SmackDown's. Main event.
2: I, I kind of want to save that for the end of this round, Justin, because I think we can blow through most of this card, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's very fair. And then we can, we can dissect, because I think there's a lot of roads that that can go. Uh, some even confusing, but but we can talk about that. So here, I, just let me feel out how you feel about uh, Mojo Rawley versus Zack Ryder.
1: Uh, well, the Hype Bros <laughs> breakup, Justin. It is, it is tragic to me that they are doing this on the pre-show. Oh! That this breakup that was teased out for literally months on end and it was like who's gonna be the one to turn who's healing up right now is it zach is it mojo (laughs) which one's finally gonna snap and have enough
2: that is what we were all
1: wondering uh and it it eventually was mojo which good that mojo is a heel now that's what i have wanted for like almost two years it feels like right from the beginning (laughs) of this uh, whole thing uh but yeah i mean it doesn't This should be a big, important moment for them, and it doesn't feel that way at all. Like, I probably won't even watch this match because I, outside of SummerSlam, cannot remember the last time I actually watched a pre-show. Yeah,
2: the the pre-shows are... You know, already in, a, in an era we've talked about this where the pay-per-views are so long to begin with asking for like another sometimes two hours on the pre-show is a lot I do
1: know one pre-show that I did watch this year was for
2: Extreme Rules and that had the Kalisto versus Apollo
1: Crews match oh yeah which I actually did enjoy a yeah, great was... deal but that is literally the only pay-per-view other than SummerSlam this year that I watched the pre-show That's hilarious
2: uh, yeah I'm going to completely ignore this because Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder both do nothing for me the breakup couldn't mean any less to me Mojo
1: has to win I would assume given that he has the most uh, investment on him going forward and it doesn't really make sense for Zach to win. I guess, yeah. But, yeah, it's a nothing match and a nothing feud and a nothing place on the card. Which is what it deserves, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, this could probably be in the main card of Dude, this. Dude, this match is not going to be good. This
2: is not going to deliver in-ring. The feud hasn't delivered out of ring, and I'd be stunned if this is a good match in-ring.
1: Uh, I guess I also feel that way about something that's coming up in a little bit. Yeah, So fuck I'll i will get there in a second. I know what you're talking about.
2: Okay, here we go. We're getting into something I am interested in. It's our guys, the Bludgeon Brothers, taking on our other guys, Breeze Ango. See
1: this is actually the match that I was just talking about. Oh, really? I do not think this is going to deliver in ring because it's just going to be a squash, right? Do you think it's going to be a squash? Yeah, probably, because as much as I enjoy Fashion Files, which, God, is just dying a slow death yeah. right now. They, they really, like, painted themselves into a corner with no clear idea of what the resolution was going to be. Actually, that's not necessarily true because I do feel like the Bludgeon Brothers were always the... The, the end point. Well, yeah, they were 2B. But then they just changed their mind kind of and were like, mm, this is too goofy for these serious characters we're trying yeah. to introduce. So let's not go this way. But then also leave this like sketch on the show with no clear direction so that it just is like... This, it's sad because this has been one of the highlights of the years. Fashion Files yep. started back in June and for a good three and a half months had a quality run as one of the best things on the show consistently week in and week out. And now... Not only am I not looking forward to it, they barely even put it on TV this week. Half of the sketch was on television, and the rest of it was like,
2: go to our YouTube page and find out. Yeah, you're 100% right that it's better when it was focused, when it felt like it was building towards something. And, And that they haven't really played that into the Bludgeon Brothers at all seems weird to me. I get it that they're more serious characters. I want to say this about why I like this match, though, is that Brizango have built themselves into a gimmick where they don't need to be winning matches. Like, you're not expecting them to. They have to get in their comedy spots, and the Bludgeon Brothers can do their thing. I, I'm looking forward to this seeing the Bludgeon Brothers in action. I think you'll probably get a six- to eight-minute match here.
1: Um, I hope so. Like, I would love it if Breeze and Fandango actually got to do something in the ring here. Yeah. There. I just don't see it for them in this spot and against this opponent. And as much as the audience has invested in the Fashion Police as characters over the course of this run, it hasn't translated to them being taken seriously in the ring at all. all. In fact, the opposite has been the case. They've become even more of a joke now. Granted... Uh, When I went to that house show in Abbotsford like a month ago, I did see, and I think I talked about this on the show at the time, some great comedy spots from Breeze that have not been on television yet. Is this the spot where they're finally in a big profile match that he can bust out some of these spots? Possibly, but it also feels like the wrong fit for this kind of more serious opponent. I agree. So this match can go kind of two ways. It will either be a squash or it will be a comedy match, and I am probably leaning squash on that uh, yeah, spectrum. So you're picking go to squash the Bludgeon Brothers? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm taking the Bludgeon <laughs> no, Brothers. No, I am yeah. also taking the Bludgeon Brothers. No, that's Brothers, okay. I heard you. But begrudgingly, or should I say, be-bludgingly. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Uh, I do not want them to win, but I know that they will.
2: Uh, Justin, here's here's something that I, I should be more into, but I'm but ju- that but like that tag
1: match could be on the pre-show. The only thing is, you need something with like actual length to fill up time. Yeah, you need like a good twelve to fifteen minute match.
2: Oh, you've got it coming up here,
1: and that's probably not what that tag match is going to be, and probably more likely what you're going to get from Mojo and
2: and Zack Ryder. I agree. Uh, Justin, I don't know why, but I'm just not into Charlotte versus Natalia for the SmackDown Women's Title. It's a Lumberjill match. Uh, The the Riot Squad. It is technically
1: a Lumberjack match.
2: Uh, Are you reading it off Wikipedia right now? No, I'm reading it off Bleacher
1: Report. Uh, Okay, well, I don't think they've officially used Lumberjill in WWE. Are you sure?
2: Bleacher Report is pretty, uh, you know, by the book.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure. How do you like
2: this match? Are you interested at all? No,
1: which is bad because like these two in the ring should be having classics. They every, have had classics. every time. Like but the, like as we talked about on our year-end special which you'll hear in a couple weeks, it is wild to think that Charlotte has gone through this entire year of 2018 or 2017 rather uh, 2018, look out for Solo, a Star Wars story. But until then, in 2017, Charlotte Flair did not have a single like, blow-away match for the entire year. And that seems impossible. Just I'm too hungover
2: for a head Solo check. <laughs> yeah, it it sorry. takes me way off I'm course. sorry,
1: I'm sorry. Uh, th- it doesn't seem possible, especially working as she has for the last several months, against one of her best ever opponents. Yeah, for sure. That not one of these matches could be great. I think this ends in a schmoz. I yeah. think we're going to see the riot Squad just take this match over, basically. I agree. And I think that the chaos, like the reason why this is a lumberjack match, and that all oh, the women Justin, are going it's to actually be out there, all the women are going to be out there to <laughs> to like rush the ring and create a massive amount of chaos in the ring all at once with all those ladies, which in theory, I believe, will lead to the announcement of a Women's Royal Rumble for January. Ooh,
2: okay. Yeah, I could... Do you want to see a Women's Royal Rumble?
1: I do, yeah. Cool. I like the Rumble match. I don't think it would cheapen the pay-per-view to have two of them on one show.
2: God, this this feud and match is... Uh, I guess you could call it not for me, as uh, our U.S. title program on this card is Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this
1: match. No, there's not a lot to touch on here. Who wins? Other than like, I have kind of been impressed lately by Dolph Ziggler's usage on television, where they're just acting like the last four months of his heel run did not even happen. He's just back to his regular music, regular kind of like acid wash denim outfit. Like he it's is awful.
2: It's so. I mean, people still defending Dolph Ziggler, folks. It's over. It's, it is over.
1: But, but yeah, they've just reverted back to what he was before and are just going to act like the early part of this Bobby Roode feud did not even happen, which is not the worst idea, yeah, yeah. honestly. I am also
2: pretending that didn't
1: happen. Uh, I do wish that Bobby Roode would turn heel um, because this babyface run is not working at all. Uh, but he's probably going to win the title here. You I think do, Bobby Roode gets it? I do see them. It's probably... I think you need to have one... Title change per card, basically, on a sure. pay per view. And there's one there's two spots where I see it happening, and it's either here or the tag match, and it's probably more likely here. So yeah, I'm gonna say Bobby Roode pins Dolph Ziggler. Do we both agree though that the women's match is going to end in a complete schmazz? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, there's yeah. gonna be no finish there. No,
2: Charlotte retains by just it being a schmoz. Uh, here, now, here's something I am fired up for, Justin. I'm excited for this one. We got the Usos versus the New Day versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable versus Rusev Day, a.k.a. Aiden English and Rusev. This is your long match on the card. This is going to be a Cracker Jack, right?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for this match. I'm not really feeling... Gable and Benjamin as much as I was Me initially. Well, I
2: never have been fully in. Uh,
1: I like the matches that they were having early on mm-hmm. uh, when they first formed. I feel like the focus has kind of been lost off of them and been more on Rusev lately, which no problem here. Yeah. Well-deserved yep. Rusev and Aiden English have been excellent, uh, but I still feel like we're, we're missing something with Chad Gable because like the reason why we liked him in NXT was we got to watch this, like, courtship period where he won over Jason Jordan, who did not want to be his partner. Yeah. He, like, wooed him. And it was funny. It was a great comedy segment every week. And you got to know this guy as a personality. And you got to, like really feel invested and care about him, and then eventually both of them, and you were along for the ride with that tag team. We never got that level of investment with American Alpha on the main roster. And then they've just completely replaced Jason Jordan with Shelton Benjamin, and we still have not gotten to see that ride with a new person. It's like there should be a feeling-out period between two partners, and we've just skipped over all of that completely. So um, I'm not... As big on this team as I feel like I should be because we all agree that Chad Gable fucking
2: rules and should be a big star. All I want from this match is more ring time for Gable versus Rusev because the one match they had, as you know, I won't shut up. I really enjoy it. I think they're putting the belts on Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable on Sunday.
1: Really, I, I do not agree with that at all. I do think that the Usos... Probably retain because they should have the belts for a lengthier run here to really solidify themselves as the top tag team yeah. in wrestling, which they they are, I think, in at least in WWE, certainly. Uh, but if I if they are going to change the belts here, which I like, I said I could see. Uh, then it's probably going to go to Rusev because oh, I'd like that. Rusev Day, I, I think, like, the way the division is stacked right now, it probably works better to have heel champions with a bunch of chasing babyface teams. And God, that team is so entertaining. Just, you know, give them the ball. Let them run with it. Totally. Uh,
2: Justin, AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal. Not much to say here.
1: No, I think we're all kind of done with this program. Yeah. And I doubt that. It, uh, AJ loses. Yeah, I'm with you because uh, you know Jinder had his moment. The moment is past. I look. I'm saying all of this wearing my modern day Maharaja t-shirt <laughs> yeah. right now. Prove it. Uh, He's
2: unzipping his hoodie, ladies. He is in fact wearing a modern day Maharaja shirt.
1: But uh, yeah, the moment <laughs> is gone. It's it was wonderful while it
2: lasted. But AJ is the, your champion for the foreseeable future. Fully agree. And then in the main event, we suspect uh, Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura are taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which feels like a sm- episode of SmackDown, but. Two special guest referees join them for this match, in Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Yeah,
1: Daniel Bryan being in the ring, even as a ref, does make it feel bigger than just a SmackDown show. Definitely, ago. yeah. And also, like, as much as I want to criticize it and say, like, oh, this is a TV show main event. If I was a kid, if I was like, if I can put myself mentally back into the. The shoes of like an 11 year old watching this product. Yep, I would be fully invested in this storyline. I think as adults we all know the natural foregone conclusion, which is that Zayn and Owens have to win this match because there's no way they're getting kicked off of SmackDown, right? Mind booted from WWE entirely. But if I was a kid. I would go along for the ride and not, like, treat the story as a story. And I could see myself being very invested in this.
2: So do you think somebody is switching alignments in this match? Is somebody going to go from uh, face to heel, good guy to bad guy?
1: I don't think so. I think this Shane heel turn is going to be drawn out because they do need to run with Zayn and Owens longer as a heel tag team than they've been thus far. Uh, But they're going to win, and they're going to stay heel And I would imagine Daniel Bryan is going to count the pin, and Shane McMahon will be very upset with that, and tension between the two of them will continue to boil over as we head into the new
2: year. I see a fast count from Shane that uh, Daniel then says, that doesn't count, restart the match, building some uh, animosity between Shane and Daniel Bryan. I think you are probably bang on correct about that.
1: (laughs) And with that, let's uh, really bring things down with... uh, man I, I I feel like I'm making light of it by saying that it's like a bummer. It just no, is though you th- know?
2: I, I don't think I don't know how else you could you know phrase going into this round. you know people tune into our show, I think genuinely because uh, it's a good time. yeah, tweets ex- come
1: back. expect some laughs yeah, and some camaraderie between two uh, hashtag good friends. That's
2: exactly right. so if if uh, that is all you're here for, this next round is not gonna deliver on that at all probably. but maybe
1: you'll be happy. That we used our platform to address serious issues. Yeah,
2: and you can be like, hey, these guys, you know, they, uh, yeah, hey, there you go.
1: We'll find out in round number two.
0: Round two. Fight.
1: Now, Josh, you and I were asked a question recently in the mailbag as the Harvey Weinstein fallout was going down, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, what would happen? What would it be like? How would the company handle it if those kinds of allegations were made against Vince McMahon? And we didn't really know how to handle that question, or what it would be like, basically. But I did sort of start to see, you know, reaction on Twitter being like, when they start to come for wrestlers in this movement, there won't be any good ones left. Right. Ooh. And we have kind of started to see that this week a little bit, uh, with both the uh, Michael Elgin situation, as well as the Rich Swan arrest over the weekend uh, and we're going to, to be joined to talk about this uh with caitlin hotchkiss yeah. who hi everybody is live in the room with us for just this one round only what how is this happening yeah, i'm in japan through the miracle of
2: technology right. we are in the past <laughs> <laughs> this will make a lot more sense in two weeks it folks. really will yes <laughs> um Okay, Justin, can, can we sort of surmise the the Mike Elgin situation and the Rich Swan situations, exactly what happened with both of them? And then maybe we can respond a bit to well, them.
1: Well, with with Big Mike, he is not necessarily the, the worst party involved in this situation, but he also handled his part of things terribly. Okay. Uh, because a woman uh, who is a big fan of the promotion that I think he runs himself out of Michigan, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, Came to him and said that one of your wrestlers who you trained and is part of your promotion tried to rape me. And she was very clear about exactly what went down. And this was someone who seemed like a super fan of his promotion and was very familiar with him as well. And he kind of completely, he put up the guise of like, I am taking this very seriously, but... I need to investigate this before I do anything. That's basically the front he put on with her originally, but then privately behind her back was talking about what a crazy lunatic this woman was. That he did not take these allegations seriously at all. Finally, months later, after this is going to probably get even uglier for him uh, than, than it had been previous, he finally makes the move to fire this guy. And then all of these DMs start coming out of what he had said about this woman behind, uh, you know, under the privacy of thinking that he is communicating, you know, uh, with with, this is the worst part of it is he's just talking to fans, people that he does not even know or trust that he's trying to appeal with on some machismo level and look this is a an industry that is basically built on toxic masculinity so it's not necessarily surprising to see that some of the guys that we love are actually complete fucking trash humans I think you know, there's probably not a wrestler alive other than Sami Zayn whose politics I would probably agree with. <laughs> <laughs> a good but, point. But this is still like when we see these sort of things happen, it's it's incredibly disappointing. And you know, Michael Elgin just comes off as a terrible person in these exchanges. And of course, with Rich Swan, that situation was he was arrested for basically domestic abuse, uh, battery, and was uh, also charged with. Uh, False imprisonment. False imprisonment that he was holding his wife... Basically hostage kidnapping her against her will. Yeah. So awful situations all around. Yeah, this is tough to make jokes about. Yeah, no, this is not a fun round at all. No, yeah.
0: which is why I'm here to, you know, be here. Well, serious. I, I, think, <laughs> I
1: think it's important to have a woman involved. Yeah, in this I guess that's, that's, as, yeah, that's well. a good
0: point. Yeah, and I happen to be here. So,
1: and of course, Elgin. One of the first places that he got dropped, as it's been this massive movement to kind of remove him from cards. He's been yep. booked on to get rid of that distraction of fans being furious that this guy is included is a promotion that's very near and dear to your heart, Caitlin, and that is Smash
0: Wrestling. Yeah, Smash out of Toronto. Um, The interesting thing, too, is that Smash partners with an initiative called PW Girl Gang, which really seeks to make a lot of safe spaces at wrestling and make sure it's inclusive and no one's getting harassed. And I've been at Smash shows where one of the owners has called out people in the center of the ring to say that I heard you guys using this language. Don't be racist. Don't be dicks. We're going to throw you out if I hear that again. And people applaud because everyone understands that we want to make wrestling a safe space. And the idea that Elgin would still be on the cards... He was on the next two cards. It was a big draw. He was going to fight Speedball Bailey um, next week, actually, at the show next week. And then I don't think they had his opponent for the one in January. But... The idea that they would have him on this card completely goes against everything Smash has stood for. So a lot of us were just kind of sitting there waiting to see that he cannot be on these cards. They have to take him off. And fortunately, just last week, they announced that they would do it. And they had a really good announcement for it as well. So it was just kind of this creepy situation because he's Canadian and he's been at Smash so much that we kind of figured this can't happen. It just can't. So yeah. it's It's always very,
2: you know... It always hits me hard when somebody whose art I admire turns out to be somebody that I need to not admire, and the the separation of that always comes swiftly, but it's always... It's difficult to wear. You know, I Big Mike Elgin has a, a great Omega match. And like you say, he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Like There's there's reasons for, I think, Canadian wrestling fans to want to cheer for this guy. So getting news like this hits twice as hard. And I want to pose the question to you guys. What, How, how does the, the wrestling community at large, how should they respond to this? Is this something where we need to make sure this guy never works again? Is this we need to get the police involved? What What's the next stage here for Mike Elgin? I, I hate... To, to be like
1: oh it's forgivable he can come back yeah. but ultimately I think he needs to learn and grow as a human being because the person that is on display in those private messages is a objectively awful human being yeah and that's the most disappointing part you know I I, I don't necessarily expect actors or celebrities or wrestlers to be you know people that align with me on my every belief but you do want someone who is succeeding and getting those opportunities to at least at their root be a good person. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and hopefully this is a moment where he can kind of reflect on all of the things that he has done wrong here yeah. and eventually come back better for it and be an example to the entire industry of how you are supposed to react to these things because mm. this is not just happening in wrestling or music it's you know it's it's coming up in comedy as well and one of the things is like people get told this stuff before it breaks large and guys in particular who are established presences in their respective scenes get this information and don't necessarily know what to do with it right and yeah. you kind of need to have an example of like well I definitely need to not do that and in some <laughs> ways this Elgin situation is kind of illustrative and illuminating in terms of like don't do as Johnny don't does, because he really went about this the worst way possible every step of the way. And I don't I don't want to say that he's done, that he should never wrestle again. You know, I don't want to him get that opportunity for a long time. He has to show that he is a person who deserves a second chance ultimately to get one, but you know, I don't know that this is the end of Michael Elgin necessarily.
0: No, no, and and I I think the other important thing to remember, and I don't want to minimize it at all, but it was like it was he was covering it up. His student was the one who was pre- from the sexual assault, and Elgin was being a real dick and an asshole about it. So people are arguing back that he didn't do anything wrong necessarily; he just was being an asshole. So is there a reason to like are you getting the police involved just because he was being a dick about it? I it's. It's a really tricky thing to figure out. Um, it is just—it's going to stay with him, I'm sure. I mean, you look at a character like like a wrestler like Bram, who was convicted for assaulting his wife, and it still follows him now. I think he got booked at ICW. In, Did in, you see that
2: on ICW? Yes, the head yeah. pushing. That was—I was shocked.
0: It's—it's it's getting worse. Just the—they have not really acknowledged it or the fact that you know he's—he was an abuser and. It is a really creepy thing in any industry to have to face that. And I think we're going to get a reckoning in wrestling at some point, And this might be the tip of the iceberg. But nothing's going to happen if people keep covering it up and covering four wrestlers and still booking ones that are questionable. Uh, looking at you, Sammy Callahan. Um, uh-huh. But it's... The whole thing is just really dicey. Yeah.
1: And that, and that is the problem with Elgin. It's not that he did it. It's that he actively covered he it up. He participated in it, yes. Because to expose it essentially would have, you know, cost him money and burned a friendship. And he just, he chose to do the easy thing instead of the right thing. And that's...
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
1: Never commendable, yeah. really. Um, but okay. I do, I do think you're right that this is, unfortunately, probably just the tip of the iceberg with these things. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, even even after that started to come out, uh, there was a story that I read earlier this week. I can't remember her name off the top of my head because I was not involved with wrestling at this time. But uh, she was a a valet basically for Mordecai before he was Mordecai. He had this vampire gimmick. Oh
0: yeah, I read this too. And
1: she he had like a vampire valet, and she said that on one of the European tours. That someone had tried to rape her, and that after she went public with that, several other former female wrestlers, presumably all in WWE, came out privately to her and said that they actually had, in fact, been raped on overseas trips like that. So, you know, I I really do feel like as this movement continues to grow, you know, not just in wrestling or entertainment, but society-wide, basically that we are about to discover a lot of unsavory things about uh, people that we have previously admired.
2: And I don't want to oversimplify something that obviously is a situation that you need to deal with sensitively, but in terms of him ever wrestling again, just from a wrestling standpoint, like, the guy can't work babyface ever again, can he? Like, I, who who would cheer to this man knowing this information? I mean, he would have to undergo, Justin, if what you're saying is the, this sort of rehabilitation and learning he would have to display in a very remarkable way I'll, I'll only speak for myself but to get me into a position where i would be oh. comfortable paying for a ticket with him or certainly like cheering for him as a baby face like the, uh, it would
1: take an enormous amount of time and effort to, a lifetime publicly <laughs> atone for what has been done here
2: let's transition over to rich swan who is a a bit of a different situation here as there are uh, i think they are alleged charged at this point i don't know that he's been uh you know convicted of anything but all signs pointing to wwe has suspended him and we will definitely apologize if this comes out to not be the case but allegedly he has uh you know falsely imprisoned his wife or girlfriend his wife and yeah physically assaulted her what do you What do you do with a guy like Rich Swan?
1: Um, I mean, I read today that even if this proves not to be true, just the specter of it hanging over him is going to kill any prospective push that they had in of mind course, for him, yeah. n- whether he's guilty or not. It's yeah. Like
0: Adam Rose, even though he didn't really have a push. Yeah, But same deal. Yeah.
1: Um. So he's probably done in the company right now already. Honestly, unless. This proves to be all just a big misunderstanding. But even then, like, man, that's kind of what was the story with Del Rio and Paige, that whole airport altercation. And she kind of tried to take all the blame for it and be like, oh, no, no, it was my fault. Don't worry. It's like, no, he clearly... Like, this this was abuse in public. There were witnesses on the report. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just supposed to pretend like this didn't happen. Um, But like, you know... (laughs) As much as I want to believe that you're right, that Michael Algin will, will not work or that Rich Swan will not oh, work. Oh, I don't, sorry, I people, don't think that's going to happen. That people can't get on board with them. Like Caitlin said, like you have Bram out there, you have Sammy Callahan, people that we do know this stuff about. Yeah. But just maybe that that information came to light under a different
2: climate and we treat it differently yeah, for exactly. some reason, still even now. Yeah. It is interesting. I, I feel like this is not far from the first or last time where what's happening in pop culture gets a wrestling parallel. Uh, I feel like there's been lots of examples of this throughout time. And, and it just, you know, it, it always hits a little closer for me when it's wrestling versus, you know, uh, Hollywood, because it's something I pay considerably less attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what the recourse for these are, I want to be clear I think both of those guys are going to get booked places. I think this is a business built on carny foundations. I don't think anybody... if, If they think that he can sell one more ticket for getting paid $1 less than anybody else... They'll still be on cards. I, I do believe that. But yeah. uh, I just wonder what the, the general consciousness of promoters is going to look like. I didn't know that about Smash, what you were saying, Caitlin, that they, they have these ties yeah. to PW Girl Gang. And I, I think that's really great. Our locals could oh, use some of that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's I mean, we've talked about it on this show before. The number one thing that keeps me away from going to more ECCW shows is knowing that... The further out of the city they get, the more likely the audience is to be absolute trash human beings. And that audience experience is going to prevent me from wanting to go to the show. So for a promotion to actually take steps to combat that and to call it out as publicly as possible, I think is spectacular. And that should probably... There should be more things like that. Shout out somebody from Smash on to
2: talk about it because that seems like I,
0: I could probably look it up. Yeah, but something um, we
2: would really support.
0: But yeah, there really is a focus there on because I I will say like I'm I'm very comfortable at wrestling shows, but I'm actually an anomaly in that form because I have heard many of my women friends who love wrestling, many of my trans friends who love wrestling, they don't feel comfortable going to shows. Like they just don't because they are not comfortable in a very male dominated setting. And having an initiative like that kind of puts it in place to give you a buddy system to make you feel welcome, to know that you're not going to get harassed, and you're not going to deal with shitty chance. Like, that, it's, it's a really good thing to have. I do think, unfortunately, it is an outlier. I don't think enough wrestling feds care, to be honest. It, it is all about the money. The it's dollar. about the cards. Yeah. So, comfort level of fans versus making money, it's, it's not really a contest, but we can all hope to try to make it better and not be dicks. So not support people who are dicks. I'm trying. Please try not to be a dick.
1: Yeah, I think that's the least anyone can do in any situation at all. And obviously, this is a fucking awful topic to have to talk about. But, you know, we do pride ourselves on tackling the three biggest stories in the world of professional (laughs) wrestling each and every week. And unfortunately... This week, the news is a downer, and I do not want to be a show that goes on the air this week and pretends that this doesn't happen. Because well, I do, but... You look at, you know, the people that touch on everything, you know, fucking Observer has not really done anything that I've seen anyways on the Elgin situation at the very least, and, and it's shocking that they would
2: stay silent on something that is basically, you know, burning up the
0: industry exactly. right now.
2: It's also something, even on a, on a greater scale, that the the wrestling fans that I'm most drawn to and the ones I want to bond with are the people who are a little more aligned in that way. You know what I mean? And I, I think most of our listener base is, which is a real. I think talking about this breeds that. You know what I mean? And that's that's important. Yeah. Um. And this might be the only topic that we ever
1: do not go the full fifteen minutes on. We're very well, close, but I don't feel like probably the good. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. I, I really there'll be more jokes next round, folks. Yeah. But Caitlin. Thank you for doing this.
0: No worries. Thank you for having we're, me on.
1: We're going to say goodbye to you right now.
0: Bye. I'll you, see you at some point. Yeah,
1: you were. Very soon. You were in person <laughs> just for this one round, and now we're kicking you out of this place. What's your Twitter handle?
0: Uh, it's Crusade. C-R-I-S-E-Y-D-E. I just yell about wrestling and post selfies. So it's, And I
1: strongly recommend it. That yeah. That's some quality wrestling. I am a yelling. lot of fun on Twitter, I hope. Yeah, and we will have you back to have a lot more fun a few weeks from now. So. Very excited to come back. Well, great tease. and <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Caitlin once again yes. for coming on uh, and joining us. Uh, you can find her on Twitter. Uh, I don't know how to say her. Yeah, name I don't know. How you, you'll just see it. You'll find it on our own Twitter. We'll tag her or yeah, something. Like exactly. I,
2: Chris-eyed? Yeah, something like Chris, that. Chris.
1: I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Listen, it's tricky. I, I don't know. We're not dumb. Yeah. It's just. And finally,
1: for probably for the first time since episode one, oh. we did not go the full
2: 15 minutes. True. True. Uh, Justin, not that this is—I uh, didn't say I was going to do this—but I-, I listened actually to episode one of Top Marks this week. I was traveling for work, and was very bored in my car. Wow, listen, to this guy bragging about how much he travels for work <laughs> in my car on the Coca-Cola. Oh, Nothing. going to
1: afford insurance. <laughs> Look <at> this guy. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's that's the watermark. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you, Justin, uh, I really owe you a thank you because holy shit, I am awful on that episode mm, this episode also also this episode <laughs> yeah that, and actually if we're being honest all the ones in between as well
1: no no but, no You're, i'm being i'm just kidding around. but
2: like was i on Adivan? i mean I just no
1: i think look i went back and re-listened to it also after you uh told me about it yeah. um because yeah i think you were just like very uh, like you had your talking points lined up, and you weren't right. reading off of a piece of paper. I sounded like it, them, <laughs> but you sure sounded like you were. And I, I don't know if it was just like nervousness, but yeah, you were. You were very much like, "Hello, and welcome <laughs> to Top Marks. My name is Joshua Custodio." I mean, that's what I'm like in real and life. This- evening we will be bringing you the top stories in the world of professional wrestling this is a respectable program about pro wrestling if you were to listen to national public radio and they were to put out a pro wrestling program myself joshua custodio is who perhaps would be hosting it. Wow, that's that, awful. That kind of except I think even that I still had more energy than you. So anyone who listened to that <laughs> first <laughs> episode one. and came
2: back for episode two, I yeah. question your tastes, but yeah. I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, you. the fact that
1: our audience numbers have grown and not shrank <laughs> week to week is uh, it's a shocker. To you me know anyways. do you know
2: why the numbers are growing, Justin? Why? Because the people love this next segment. It's called Sunday Night Two. Oh, it's
1: the people segment. The people segment
2: has reduced- turn, Justin. Do you know the rules to it? I think I do, but why don't you no, explain not to me like I've never heard them before? <laughs> well, because you haven't. <laughs> you don't know them, and I'm going to explain them to you. Every week, I, Josh Custodio, tra- traverse twitter.com, the website, uh, and I look at the Twitter accounts of people on the active WWE roster, and I search through their timelines for sort of the, the weirder or funnier, just any sort of tweet that stands out to me. Then, based off of no information except for me reading the tweet aloud, poor young Justin that has to try and guess who the tweeter, question is, do you now understand the rules, Justin? I do understand the rules. Now, which tweet should we start with? How's number one sound? Oh, that sounds like a perfect place to start. Well, let's do it. Justin, I don't know if you know this, but Luke Harper was on uh, a TV show that's on the USA Network this week called Damnation. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Chris Lee knows best. I, I don't even know what that is. Uh, me
1: neither. Uh, okay. But no. uh, but that seems to be what they promote during WWE often. They'd be like, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not quite like... Uh, shivani levels of like chaos in the ring we're running out of time folks <laughs> see you with the pay per view this sunday but it's but close it's definitely like uh like big show and Braun have just like blown up the ring <laughs> and michael cole will be like
2: <laughs> it's absolute chaos chrisley knows best is <laughs> coming up next <laughs> but it's never worked because yeah. neither of us have watched it anyway luke harper was on damnation this week and uh one of his uh fellow wrestlers on the wwe roster had this to say about it my Rotten Pancakes review of Luke Harper on Damnation. 97%. Harper's beard hairs command the screen. The grave, gravelly tone of his voice doesn't grate, nay, it titillates. He has a good neck on him and is clearly comfortable on the top rope. Nude scene would push his grade to 100%. Um, just
1: on the mention of the word pancakes in there, my Rotten Pancakes instead of Rotten Tomatoes score... I am going to guess that this is Biggie Langston. Wow,
2: Justin, it is Biggie like Lang- How did you get that? because uh, he's always got pancakes with him lately. That's right, like his gimmick. That is uh, fantastic. It was Biggie giving some uh, some big daps over to his guy Luke Harper on uh, Damnation, which I'm sure was you know a great show.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure when Biggie is on Chrisley knows best that Luke <laughs> Harper will be like. It's Monday. <laughs> you, you know, know what, what that, that means, <laughs> and and what we all know it means is that Biggie is on Christmas <laughs> best.
2: That is what we all know. <laughs> Justin, I'm just gonna read that tweet number two here verbatim. Okay. It opens with a word I'm not too familiar okay. with. Well,
1: last week I got you to not read it for no, me. No, you're not allowed. And I guessed it before you read it, but. I'm worried that if I become too overconfident that you might mix it up on me. Yeah, I'm going to. And so I'm going to allow you to read it this
2: week. Thank you, Justin. No problem. This is a short tweet this week, and it says, Papa equals Grandpa. So Papa spelled P-A-P-A-W equals sign Grandpa.
1: Yes. Uh, we all know that that is, of course, what you call your grandpa, <laughs> if you are in Scotland, <laughs> like the Scottish Supernova Noam Dar.
2: Justin, it is not the Scottish Supernova Noam Dar. What? It, it is not. It is Justin Sarah Logan. Oh fuck me! <laughs> I told you she you might mixed take, it up. I told you she was gonna take. She may take the Noam Dar spot. As, I said that last week. It's just a
1: recurring favorite.
2: It's. Uh,
1: I didn't realize that you meant she would take the literal spot in the lineup. Well, when
2: I saw that this would read as a Noam Dar tweet.
1: Oh, you really put the screws to me this time.
2: Oh, I was so excited to do that. And it worked. Sarah Logan, you, my girl. You, you dastard. Uh, Justin, are you ready for the third tweet here? I've never been more ready for anything. Uh, this one says, Beer Advent Calendar, December 15th. Day of birth for me.
1: Beer advent calendar. December 15th. Day of birth for me.
2: Hashtag beer. Hashtag advent calendar. Hashtag Christmas. Uh, <laughs> These are great tweets
1: this week. Yeah, I this one I literally have no idea who this could be. Sure. Uh, whose birthday is December 15th? <laughs> there's oh, really, you don't know that? No, there's oh. really no way to know.
2: Well, here maybe maybe I'll give some hints here. Okay, okay. this is someone uh, a male, it's okay. a he who's been on Sunday Night Tweet before. I wouldn't say he's like a, a one of the guys we always go to, like a, a favorite, but definitely somebody that that has been on Sunday Night Tweet before uh, on the on the NXT roster. On the NXT roster, yeah. Okay, then I'm thinking it is either Alistair
1: Black or Eric Young. Now, because of the inclusion of hashtags. Mm. I am going to lean towards the leader of Sanity, Eric Young. Justin, sometimes you truly are the wrestling variety. It is
0: Eric Young. You know how I
1: knew that is because when I picked Sunday Night Tweet and I used that propaganda tweet of his. Yes, yeah. He used like hashtag punk rock, hashtag vinyl, <laughs> hashtag. He was guy, all about the fucking hashtag. Guy,
2: slow down with the goddamn hashtags. Justin, let's move on to tweet number four here, if we can. Does that work for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. I literally cannot stop laughing at how funny uh, Natty, uh, Natalia is. It's her at Nat by Nature. Okay. I literally cannot stop laughing at how funny at Nat by Nature is. She's one of my favorite humans, and I'm so happy to call her my friend. I literally cannot stop laughing at her. Well, which we already know she's lying.
1: Yes. She can. Yeah. She's one of my favorite humans. And I'm so lucky to call her my friend. Yeah. Hmm. I know that she's had her troubles on Total Divas this season, okay? with Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is on Total Divas? Yes. Interesting. And so is Naya. They're the new additions to the cast this year. Interesting. I did not know that. Uh, (laughs) I (laughs) I, I, I don't know (laughs) that either. What am I talking about? (laughs) Justin, someone just overtook
2: your body. (laughs) And uh, here, I'll fill you in because I think a Spirit had inhabited your body there for a second. Alexa Bliss and Naya Jax are on Total Divas this year. What? Crazy, right? That's wild. Isn't that something? Yeah. What are they doing there? (laughs) Yeah. they're
1: totally not divas. Um I'm I'm assuming this is a woman, but we already had Sarah Logan earlier. So maybe it is a man. Because usually you only go for
2: one No such thing as an intergender friendship. Man. <laughs> or, or one woman on t- uh You okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, am I the one who sung over this one? Yeah. Uh Ah. <sighs>
1: uh, I'll go with Nia Jax. It is not Nia Jax.
2: It is Miss Money in the Bank herself, Carmella. Carmella. See,
1: I still would have been wrong if I guessed Alexa Bliss. So. Yeah, you were uh, d- wrong either way, as
2: I like to say. Yeah, I've never said that, Justin. <laughs> the last tweet this week is. I think you should uh, say that going forward. I'll say it all the time. Yeah, uh, Justin. I. I yeah. I hate to, you know, put too much pressure on you or on anybody because I know people people play along at home, and this is not pressure for your guessing. But I do just need to say this is one of my favorite tweets that has ever been on Sunday Night Tweet. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this it's important to note has a a black and white picture of a, tr- a bar that says trifecta on it. Some sort of like nourishment energy bar maybe you'd eat before or after a workout. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a protein bar? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I call it a nourishment bar? Yeah, yeah, That tells you how often I go to the gym or do anything healthy. <laughs> yeah, he's eating some sort of nourishment bar, he's, see? uh, he's, uh <laughs> seems to be digging into it for, uh, for nourishment. <laughs> That's why people do it. Justin, are you ready for the tweet? Yes. Those whom are cast aside, battered and cold, need the best of nourishment to fight back. I wonder where you got that word from. At trifecta system. <laughs>
1: know, is this an ad? It is an ad. It's a sponsored tweet.
2: <laughs> but he's keeping within. But he's staying in character. <laughs> Those who are cast aside, battered in gold, need the best of nourishment to fight back.
1: <laughs> Those who are cast aside. Is this a heel? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? <laughs> is it Bray Wyatt?
2: It's not Bray Wyatt, Justin, <laughs> but it is a member of the X ex- wyatt family. Eric Rowan <laughs> has a trifecta sponsorship. <laughs>
1: He lives in the fucking woods with his hammer, <laughs> but when he's not eating
2: rabbit carcasses, oh my god! I cannot tell you how funny I found this. He's when I eating was eating protein bars. He's, that's where he gets, uh, you know, his his protein, his nourishment. Uh, not a
1: great week for me this week. I went two for five. But those were. Would you not say some of the, the funnier
2: batch of tweets? Oh yeah, you did well. It you, was it was funny.
1: I need to be expecting the Sarah Logan uh, card going forward. I. I'm not saying,
2: but I am saying that.
1: That you warned me. You did warn me. It
2: could also be no Dar next week. Yeah. I almost wonder if it should be a known thing that the second slot is, is either. Is either so of them, can... we have to figure out which. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if they'll always line up as good as this week. That's true. That, that's that was true. A, a gift from heaven. Uh, and with that,
1: yeah, let's move on to round, to round
2: number three. three. Round three. Fight. Justin, uh, I'm not with you when you're at work, so I, I don't know this about you. So I'm just going to ask a question on the air about you at work. Here, I mean, okay?
1: technically, you're always with me. Aww. In my
2: heart. oh That's nice. I
1: like that. In, you do. In like, the hateful part of my heart. Ah, son of a bitch!
2: <laughs> 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 I, uh, why'd I get sucked into the, the warm feelings? <laughs> oh, the fall is only <laughs> further. <laughs> Uh, but when you're at work, do you ever just stand there and be like, I am the best? Uh, no, I can't say I've ever done that. Yeah, me, me neither. It would seem maybe in, in a little bit of poor taste. But I don't feel that way about Roman Reigns, who said this to Corey Graves this week. And I quote, you know I'm the best performer in the ring in the world right now. You can go to my matches and my pay-per-views over the last three years and say I'm an idiot. Or you can be like, man, he's got a point. You know what I mean? I mean, he does have a point. He does have a point. Yeah. Uh, I would so first of all, do we do we like that Roman Reigns said this?
1: Uh I mean it is a display of personality. Yep. From someone who is often missing that, sometimes lacking it. Uh but to, uh, to me like to for him to say over the last 3 years, well there's a reason why you've had the best matches is because they've consistently gone out of their way to book you with the best opponents.
2: Sure. Like Not always true though. But
1: he he had uh a like Four or five month program where he went from working with AJ Styles to working with Seth Rollins where like you cannot ask for better dance partners than that. Uh, Certainly true. Certainly true. And every single match along the way there was excellent. Yep. And credit to him because it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. But uh AJ did the heavy lifting in that feud, you know? I,
2: I think there's maybe some truth to that, but then there's also the other side of the coin where he is Bray Wyatt and Big Shows, both of their best matches of 2016. Like, he, he wasn't working with necessarily... He's, he's able to get good matches at of guys who aren't necessarily the in-ring cream of the crop, I that's, guess I would that's say. That's fair, yes. Um, But I, I'm going to say this, Justin. While I obviously do not think Roman Reigns is the best in-ring professional wrestler in the world, I could not love more that he said this. I think this is such, this is exactly the Roman Reigns that that I want. The snarling look, no, I'm the best. You don't, you don't think I'm the best? Come take it from me. Like, that. that's the promo style I feel like he can do. He's not like a, a sly guy or a charming guy or even really a funny guy. He's a cool badass. And so when he just says, I'm the greatest in-ring, and if you think otherwise, prove it. Like, I, that's very much the Roman Reigns I want to see more of. And I appreciate that it, like, spurs the discussion.
1: I like that the onus is on me if I disagree with that, that, like, suddenly I'm supposed to have a better match with him, you know? <laughs> you are. <laughs> and if, yeah. if you disagree, come prove it. It's like, well, I think, like, probably Okada is the best, <laughs> but instead of having you work a match against Okada... We're, I'm supposed to wrestle
2: to you? To be fair, he didn't say that. I'm saying I that's know. the guy I'd I like know, to see. I but know, but it is,
1: it is extreme. You're right. Yeah, but it's going to be your boy J-Mo versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. I'm going to answer the Intercontinental
2: Open Challenge. I would, honestly, I can say this being 100% serious, I would have never marked out for something as hard <laughs> as you showing up on Raw. <laughs> For, can you imagine? It's like I see you on Monday, you know, or I guess you wouldn't be here for Raw on the Monday We're in Studio Beard How Five today. Yeah. I, I suppose you wouldn't be here because you'd be there, but I'm watching, you know, maybe. Yeah. Oh, you like, beer you're like, hey buddy,
1: you coming over for Raw tonight? I'm like, oh, I wish I could.
2: So what's your entrance music? Roman Reigns like, if you want this belt, come. oh, we had this question. Yeah. Last vaccination week.
1: scar it by the, uh, the, tragic the tragically hip. Hit.
2: So that hits. I mean, I would lose my fucking mind if you were wrestling Roman Reigns. That'd be insane.
1: Yeah. No, it'd be great. How do
2: we make this happen?
1: I don't know. I, well, I think you know an open challenge, if it's to be truly open, is open to anyone. So it is surprising that no one in the crowd has taken up the cause <laughs> on any of these open
2: challenges to date. This is so not on topic, and I apologize. But I don't know if you remember when Kurt Angle was doing his challenge to anybody in the audience for his Olympic gold medal. Do you remember this? No, I don't. I don't know how old I was at the time, but I'm being 100% serious here. I thought that was real, and that audience members were allowed to go try and wrestle Kurt Angle. I wish. <laughs> and it was, of course, everyone would just get ankle locked in an instant, right? Like, no one was able to even remotely hang. Yeah. Uh, absolutely hilarious
1: shit. Um, that he's just, like, working local jobbers, That's basically. right. But at that
2: age, you don't, you, don't,
1: you don't know that kind of thing, right? Absolutely.
2: So, Justin, if it isn't Roman Reigns, which I don't think you think it's Roman Reigns so
1: either. Y- so, you're sitting at home... You're watching Monday Night Raw. Okay. Roman Reigns is in the ring. Okay. And Hang on. He, I'll be Roman, and then you kiss this up, okay? He's put out the challenge. i be Roman. Yeah, yeah. You're Roman. And if you think
2: that you can take this belt from me, anyone who's back there, come prove it. Oh, my God! Guys, that's Justin! This is fucking crazy! Justin's on television, on Monday Night Raw! I really didn't see this coming!
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because that music hits, it can only mean one thing. Your boy is on Raw. Uh, uh, no, not, I, it is, it's not, Roman. At the same time, though, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, yeah. I feel like, when we talked about uh, them just kind of continuing to take from Cena and give to him, Uh You could not dispute at the end of Cena's open challenge that he was... Everything that he claimed to be in the ring, he had yeah. great matches for the entirety of basically that year.
2: Oh, I thought you meant that he kicks out of everybody's finishers. Oh, but that was extremely proven. Uh,
1: that also was proven, <laughs> yes. But Roman is is doing it right now. He's having great matches now. I mean, maybe you could make the argument that Cesaro is the best in ring guy in Jeez. WWE because I think he probably comes out a little bit ahead of Roman in that uh, go. This that week. match was so good. Yeah, what an incredible match. For um, Ro-
2: that was better than. A lot of things I've seen recently on pay-per-views.
1: Yeah, and he's done it week in and week out lately with Jason Jordan, with uh, with the Drifter. Even I like, like the Drifter match too. You're right. Yeah, just getting star-caliber matches out of anybody that's put in front of him. So there, I think there is definitely something to that, and uh, and and it should like kind of remove the doubts because, like, look. If we are going to have a reason to dislike him, it was, well, he was pushed in favor of Daniel Bryan. But guess what? Daniel Bryan's not there anymore. Not there. And then it was, well, he's too green. He doesn't deserve the spot that he's being put in. He doesn't have the matches. He's not able to live up to that. Like, basically, all of the criticisms that we currently have... For, like, Jason Jordan, <laughs> Yeah, it does feel... Uh, but none of that is true for Roman anymore. Like, people just hate him because they have conditioned themselves to That's respond right. that way. There's nothing about him right now that actually necessitates you to not enjoy what he brings to the table. Because, uh... It's 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 good. The matches are good. The programs mostly are good, you know. He's very reliable.
2: Yeah. I, he's never I feel about the same as about Roman Reigns of I always felt, which is he's reliable. Uh, for the past 2 years while he's I don't think he's ever going to be like my favorite wrestler, I am usually into whatever is going on with him and the matches are good, like you're saying. So, who is the best wrestler in the world? Is uh, it is it Ryback? Oh, boy, he's up there. <laughs> he is up there. I agree to do just in WWE for this, or do you want the whole, the whole wrestling world?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the whole wrestling world, you probably have a better idea than I do because you watch more than me. Maybe. Um, so, like, I would be inclined to say Okada, but that's mostly based on what I've heard. You know, I haven't really... Sure. I've seen one of the three Omega matches. right? And that's... Did you of, like it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, incredible. Yeah, and well, Kenny is amazing also. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that uh, they are currently, that Kenny and Jericho are in the hottest feud possibly of the year, and they've done it in like two, maybe
2: three seconds. That really is. I'm getting extremely stoked to see that match. Uh, okay, let, let me let me throw some names your way, Justin, and if you think I'm crazy on any of these, you tell me you are being crazy, okay? Okay. Uh, Sami Zayn. There's a purely in-ring, right? Yeah. Okay, Sami Zayn. Uh... I know where you're coming from, mm-hmm.
1: but uh, at, but right now, you're crazy. Neville. Ooh, yes. Yeah. No, that's for sure. He's in the picture. Cesaro. He's in the picture. AJ Styles. Definitely a contender. Samoa Joe. Ooh, man. I mean, there is a genuine argument that Samoa Joe as a total package,
2: was the best wrestler in the world this year. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he'd be my pick, but he's in that conversation. I mean,
1: we already made our picks. We recorded our best of 2017 Oh, yeah. Don't give that away. Uh, And I'm just going to say right now, neither of us picked Samoa Joe as our wrestler of the year. And that's not a slight against him. It's the fact that... Uh, when he came up, they
2: had really no plans for him on the main roster for the first like two and a half months of him being up. Well, we both—it is—you can't say our bias didn't play in because we both do just love Zack Ryder so much. It was tough to not give him that spot. Exactly, but. exactly. Well, you went Zach, I went Mojo.
1: Big <laughs> <The> hype for <laughs> guys. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: who, give to your mind for best in ring wrestler in WWE? Uh, Anyone outside of those names? It's, it's, just,
1: right? it's AJ. It's it's always AJ. I mean, you didn't yeah. name Seth Rollins because why would you? you you fucking hater. I don't
2: even think Seth Rollins... I think Seth Rollins has been the least interesting in-ring of the four guys in that feud of him and Dean versus Cesaro and Shane. I feel like he is a big reason why
1: those matches are so exciting, though. He's he's the one pushing the pace that Dean has to... Keep up with, yeah. Part of the reason why that team is like so exciting is like you're watching them work a faster pace of match than you have probably ever in Dean's case.
2: Do you think Cesaro is doing the same for Sheamus? Yeah, Yeah. for sure,
1: for sure. But like that's not happening if Seth and Cesaro are not in those matches, even though like we've seen Sheamus and Dean have had great matches along the way with this as well, yeah. But here's what I will say about Joe in terms of why you could say that he is the the greatest. Uh, The matches have all been good, basically, all year long. The reason why he didn't really make the cut or was not even a contender in my mind, like I said, came up midway through the year. They had no plans for him for the first, like, month and a bit. Then he got injured right when he was, like, on the bubble of being a breakout colossal star.
2: They didn't get a great match, him and Seth. Well, that's because that
1: feud goes out of order, right? Yeah, it really does. together after he's beaten Triple H it's like imagine playing a video game <laughs> where you go through the henchman after you've already beaten the big boss yeah, it, it doesn't make no any sense. sense no sense All um, that. but like he's done the most on the microphone his matches are consistently good and he has done more to make both Sheamus and Cesaro feel like main event top singles talents mm-hmm. just by association with him over the course of 2 weeks than they have in their entire run so far. Which, like, Miz kind of put them on that level when they were yeah, all working yeah. together in the lead-up to TLC, where, like, suddenly, oh, wow, these guys could do a singles thing and be top-level main event talents like they were supposed to be all along. Uh, but having Joe with them, like, suddenly, that goes from a hot tag team to an incredible a stable yeah. of, like, massive dynamos, basically. And that is a huge credit to Joe and his speaking ability that everything he says seems real. And I think if you're talking about best wrestler in WWE, then Mike ability goes a long way as well with with in-ring because you need to get me excited about the matches
2: and that is where promos come in and nobody does that better than Joe right now. As a total package, like all things considered, I think you can make a great case for Joe being the very best asset that they have. Uh, He, you know... Like you say, no one is bringing like, the, the truthfulness in the speaking like like Joe does. The authenticity, I think, is what we called it in the lead-up to the uh, the Lesnar match, How they both really seemed... It felt like it was a UFC build. Basically. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess Brock obviously has a, a lot
1: but, to do with But
2: it. not a lot of people are able to do that with
1: Brock, you know? Neither of us brought up Brock for best in-ring. Well... It's not there lately. You it's know? interesting,
2: though, because he is in, like, an absurd amount of good matches. I think I mean? that
1: is the one place, though, where Roman can probably hang his hat and say that he genuinely is the best because... All of these quality Brock matches, like the ones that have been successes, the Braun one was a fucking mess. Yeah, I'm assuming whatever they do at the Rumble, probably a triple threat with Braun and Kane is going to be a disaster also. Imagine Brock will have two Rumble triple threats. One of them will be the best
2: <laughs> match of the decade, and the other one will probably be one of the fucking worst.
1: Um, you don't think Braun,
2: Kane... I think Braun, Kane, and Brock could maybe do
1: something. No, man. I no. mean, maybe in that, like... Maybe yeah, Kane
2: will do a choke the, slam.
1: The, uh... The, like, the four-way, the Haas battle four-way at SummerSlam was good. But then that you have Joe and Roman in there, and those guys go a long way. And yeah. that Kane does not. Yeah. Uh, but, but, like, Roman gets to hang his hat on the fact that, like, that Joe match with Brock, we all loved it. Yeah. We all thought it was great. How long was that match? I, Six minutes I, yeah. and ten seconds. You corrected
2: me. I thought it was around ten minutes. Yeah, no. Yeah. Six
1: minutes and ten seconds. Crazy. How long was was Roman and Brock at WrestleMania, probably 20. closer to 20, 23. Yeah. I Now, I don't have the exact numbers on yeah, that. Yeah, but, but much longer. Yeah, significantly longer. Like, basically, the last guy to get a real wrestling match, a real WWE-style main event out of Brock Lesnar was Roman Reigns, which is insane to think that he has gone an entire three years on this contract renewal and yeah. not really worked like a real match the entire way along. That
2: is insane. Like, that is absolutely insane. But
1: that Roman match, like, as much as I hate the build to this WrestleMania rematch, at least they're built into something that I actually want to see, and I want to see it because uh, how good the original was. Yeah. Um. So maybe he is right. Maybe he is the best.
2: Wow. I don't even think he's the best wrestler in the Shield. <clears throat> we went a little over there because I stopped looking at my clock. <gasps> Well, you shouldn't have told me that. Hang on, I'll take back what I said. I'll say it in reverse so that it counts for the time getting back. Yeah, that you don't think don't mean, the fine fine. The do you the best wrestler
1: Who do you think? You, what, you, you think Dean is the best wrestler in the Shield? As like a total package?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Get the Definitely. fuck out of here. Yeah, wow. you know what? Hey, I'm going to say, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can. Well, I'm not going to because I'm above that. All right. Well, <laughs> I got a Twitter mailbag question for you <laughs> go ahead and it's would
1: you stop
2: <laughs> will you stop <laughs> uh speaking of twitter mailbag maybe we maybe we should get into that yeah sure why not let's do it as always i love this part of the show i love answering the questions justin i love it so much uh so why don't we do it sure our first question comes to us from at Canebreak on twitter bad luck follow la la <laughs> very good <laughs> that's good Elias has slowly expanded his riff slash chord progressions repertoire what band or genre styles would y'all like to see him adapt? Um, <laughs> prog. <Prague. laughs> Why? I, I want to see him dabble
1: in some prog. Yeah. I want him to I want to see him like covering Rush <laughs> or maybe playing like the opening riffs to some like Muse. Songs. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah,
2: that's it. Okay.
1: Great. Cause I feel like he'll really struggle with it quite a lot.
2: Uh, for me, there, there's uh two answers. There, okay.
1: that, like that's what appeals to me in Elias's guitar playing is when it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So when he's getting, he's getting good lately and it's like, mm, so you want to toughen it yeah, up? Like really let's, Push the difficulty notch to eleven here.
2: For me, if he's babyface, I want pop punk, like something very three chord, energetic. Okay. okay. But I'm more interested in he stays heel and he becomes like a a fish type jam band where he's just playing for so long as yeah. the crowd is just like fuck me, stop playing. No,
1: but then there's like three people in the crowd who are like, <laughs> man. 117 raw in Cincinnati <laughs> it just doesn't get better than that people so, are like ex- exchanging fucking Elias Sampson bootlegs <laughs> i was in the crowd that night i recorded it on my phone
2: wow, 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 so uh, yeah, uh, a jam band as he's
1: healed. Oh yeah, that's 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 the best answer for sure. <laughs> yeah. This one comes to us from "Fruits Are Christmasable." At See, hard it's to readable. say. No, I did it just fine. You fucked it up. Craig Tamble uh, is the man's name. Nah, uh, you and had a hard time says, saying it. Though. No, I did not. He says, "How <laughs> amazing would a wrestling slash Smash Bros. video game mashup be?" Could this idea be turned into the next great gimmick match?
2: Yeah, it would be amazing. I, I love Smash Bros. I'm very good at it. I, I love to play it. I like to do that. I love wrestling. It makes a lot of sense. In terms of it being a gimmick match, what I would do, if you want to make it like Smash Bros, is you have an elevated platform floating in the sky, and the people have to knock each other off of it to their death. But luckily, each wrestler has a couple stocks, so they can come back to life. Maybe they bring in Mordecai to resurrect people. High platform. You knock them off to win. Gimmick match of the millennium. See, I was I came at this from the different direction. Oh, okay. I thought this
1: was uh, going to be just a video game, but like Mario wrestling. Oh, like because that seems like the last sport Mario hasn't played. Oh, that would be great. So
2: you're thinking more like 2K with Mario characters? Yeah, I mean, we
1: technically can create that, right? Yeah, now if but we want but with the engine, like Wario yeah. and Waluigi are the tag champions in one of my leagues <laughs> at the moment. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't Yeah. I mean, it's like with weapons and stuff with a big hammer. I mean, it's just cartoonish. There's no way that this can exist in reality. But uh, good question, Craig. <laughs> Are you high? <laughs> what, what? Yeah, no. I mean, there's no way it could exist in reality. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's <laughs> just
2: like it's a video game. I Jonathan. mean, yeah, I, there's could, a lot of video games that would translate poorly to reality. True,
1: but we could do like uh, like one of those triple cage things, like <laughs> like a cell with three different layers on it. Like yeah, the like,
2: Tower of um, what do they call it in WCW? Uh, with the three just stacked. Yeah, the and body. then you can like
1: fall from thing to thing. I feel like yeah. that's the closest that wrestling could get to Smash Bros. action.
2: I love it, Justin. I got another question from you. It comes from one of our other sponsors at Coca-Cola LLC. Ah, uh, thank you for keeping us extremely rich. Yes, uh, I love being a fat cat. Me too. Well, I am very poor. I hope Coke and Star Wars can get along <laughs> just fine. <laughs> I'm sure that they. Uh, 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 if a wrestler of your choosing were to write a book. What would be the funniest subject and title? Uh, okay,
1: okay. Uh, it's it's the book is by Dave Batista. <laughs> okay, it's, it's called "How Big My Dick Is" by Dave <laughs> Batista. A memoir. How long is that? Um, His dick, I mean. Oh, it's pretty long. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a question on yeah. our first episode, actually. <laughs> Daniel at Early 90s Fans asks us. That's how true. That big is we... true. It's a, great...
1: yeah, it's a flip book, actually, and the penis just grows the more you... Oh, that's cool. Pages. Yeah,
2: that's. Uh, I like it. Uh, m- my answer isn't as good as yours, which always sucks going second <laughs> following a better one. Uh, my idea was uh, Kevin Nash writing a, a book called Diesel no-, Diesel no Longer, A Guide to Wokeness. And it's uh, a novella that he put together... About how to basically be a conscious person in 2018, sort of an embodiment of his Twitter presence.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, not as good as yours, hey. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to come up with a name for the book there because I do like your your concept.
2: Woke Daddy Nash comes to mind.
1: Yeah, or. Um, Uh, Finger poke your problematic faves. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) A guide to being a good guy in 2017 by Kevin Nash.
2: uh,
1: Um, Yep. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think I'm going to get better than that. So let's keep moving. Let's
2: move on. I feel like shit. (laughs)
1: This one comes to us uh, from Phil Partridge at Part Phil. Hello. He, He asks... What other wrestling-inspired moves would make a great finisher in MMA? Oh, and he includes a video here, and uh, is it the Boston like, Crab. I think it is the Boston Crab. Oh, I yeah. love that.
2: Uh, if it isn't, I apologize. We we got this one while we're doing the show. So Justin seems to be watching it. Um, um, you're a play-by-play guy, Justin. Can you can you give us a little he's little action? Going
1: from like a uh, stomach, oh, he's on his back, hooking the legs. Yeah, I think this is the Boston Crab. Game. Okay,
2: so what what other moves? Uh, I mean, there's, I, we're going to exit realism here, right? Just something I would like to see in an yeah, MMA fight? Yeah, tapping
1: him with a, with a Boston Crab. It's pretty great.
2: Because the closest thing we've gotten uh, besides this Boston Crab is uh, Rampage Jackson on Ricardo Arona and Pride. He does the uh, power slam and, and knocks out Arona. Uh, in real life, I, I don't. Uh, the go to sleep just seems like it would be awesome if it worked in a fight. If you lifted a grown man above your head, threw him in the air, kneed and, him and kneed him and knocked him unconscious, I feel like that would look absolutely tremendous. What do you think, Justin? Anything come to mind?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Like, the MMA battle that I was most into this year, and granted, I don't watch a ton of MMA, sure. was that women's bloodbath from like a couple months ago. Uh, I don't remember. That it was like it was two like undercard ladies, okay. who both had gotten destroyed. By oh, them. and they just had this like wild. Yeah, it, it was like I can't remember who it was. It was but, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you watched like uh, fucking I don't know, take two like middle of the pack teams in the NHL, like like a seventeenth and eighteenth place team get together and have the game of the year. Just put on, on a classic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and there was a lot of, like, flips and power moves and legit, like, wrestling in that match. And a lot of blood as well, which is why it felt like wrestling. Yeah. They were both uh, wearing, the, wearing the red mask, as it were. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is how it were. Uh,
2: and, yeah, I mean, I don't... The ankle lock probably doesn't actually do anything, you know? You can do, like, a calf slicer. Like, you can hurt somebody there. Yeah, heel hooks exist, too. You can attack a guy's ankle. I feel like not it, like Kurt Angle does it. But yeah, yeah. I feel
1: like uh, or Shamrock back in the day as well. Oh, yeah, sure. like it doesn't really doesn't translate. The fuck it would have been great to see like Ken Shamrock tap someone with the ankle lock in UFC legit. Dude, Ken Shamrock is just so dope. I mean, they, he could still come back around. He's still around
2: right now. He fought for Bellator last year. <laughs> he, could, he could wrestle for WWE today. Like Oh man, shouts out to Ken Shamrock. Justin let's move on here to another question. Okay, let's do it. This one comes to us from the Borgman superfan, Blair and Blair asks us, with how great the Omega Jericho build has been, how would you fantasy book a full New Japan Pro Wrestling WWE supercard? Now, you and I already worked this out before the show started. That's true. I don't want to... I know that. Yes.
1: Uh, I just want people to know that we're not like coming up with our all our best stuff. Right off the top here, this is this was the subject of great debate.
2: Yeah, I think people often are commenting on how good our opinions are. Like, There's no way they do that live. I haven't had a
1: good <laughs> answer to any question so far. No, your book was really. good. Yeah, my Dick? book was good, yes. Yeah, Batista's Dick. Yeah, Batista's I'm Batista's happy with the card. Batista's Dick was great. I'm uh, happy
2: with the card we've built out here.
1: Yeah, now we did have some debate as to whether Kenny Omega should have a singles match. Yeah. Or be used as part of a a larger tag. Now, I do feel that it is more fitting to New Japan to do the big tag match. And that is ultimately what we decided upon. And I think it could potentially be the main event of this show. Go ahead. It is The Shield versus The Elite. Kenny Omega. Roman, Seth and Dean versus Kenny. And the Young
2: Bucks. Yeah, who the fuck doesn't want to see this? I, I think that that's uh, such a no-brainer. When, when when you said it aloud, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that is what I want to see. Uh, you know, sort of. I mean, my original
1: proposal was for the Young Bucks to go up against Owens, Zayn, and Neville. Yeah, um, but you were like, oh, there's a better trio than that. I I do feel like the Shield. As soon
2: as we were talking three v three, it feels like you got to throw the.
1: No, you're right, and you are correct. It is it is the best match. It's probably the main event of this show.
2: Uh, are we working our way down, or can I just talk about any of these you that I feel just good about? Pick them at random. Why uh, not? I just this is just for me. I get that this isn't. No one else is dying for this. I get it, but I I want to see Grapple Fest. I want to see Chain Wrestling Delight. I want to see Zack Saber Junior. versus Jack Gallagher versus Chad Gable in a triple threat on this super card.
1: Yeah, it feels like you got your two British guys going head to head, and they're gonna be arguing about you know who's the superior brit and then you got this american barging in being like fuck england it i'm gonna sucks. beat both of you <laughs> now i feel like maybe we are uh we've approached this the wrong way oh okay that maybe jack gallagher should have a singles match separate from this against marty squirrel oh. it's umbrella versus
2: umbrella that's not bad actually that makes a lot of sense uh, I mean, you could put Skrull in here and make it a four-way, and then yeah. there's two umbrellas.
1: I like. Let's do that.
2: All right. The uh, the match is now Zach Jabers Junior. Jack versus Jack Gallagher versus Zach
1: Sabers Junior. <laughs> no I more whiskey for
2: me. No more whiskey <laughs> for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> J- Zach Saber Junior. Uh huh. Jack Gallagher. Uh huh. Chad Gable. Uh huh. And the
2: villain Marty Skrull. That does seem very fun. Uh, just another one that I'm very passionate about here, uh, Nakamura. You know him, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He wears the red, does the dancing. He's always going crazy with the hands. I think I've seen him a couple times. So he had something of a legendary IC title feud over in New Japan with uh, Tanahashi. Wow, legendary. Well, yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. People like it. Okay, Japanese people will be telling their grandchildren. Well, I don't know any Japanese people, so I don't know if that's true. I don't know any grandchildren either. Well, I know some. I'm a grandchild. What? I have grandparents. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that makes me a grandchild. It's true. It was a great episode. Uh, (laughs) uh, So this time, their feud's going to continue, but this time Nakamura, as a a, a vessel sent from WWE, so he's going back to his home turf. He goes up to Tanahashi, puts his finger on his chest. He's like, I'm actually with the big boys now. So uh, this was cute, and I'm going to show you why I'm there and you're here. I love it.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. I got a couple more here. Tell me. Um, Tell me them. I know, of course, that you wanted to include your boys. And I did it for you. Oh, thanks. We've got a a lower card tag match that might even open the show. Go ahead. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. Versus the Gorillas of Destiny. I'm
2: weirdly super into this. (laughs) This sounds awesome to me. No,
1: it it should be the exact kind of hard-hitting... Excellent tag action that this Sunday's uh, Bludgeon Brothers match probably will not deliver at all. It will be
2: completely devoid of it, I suspect. (laughs) Yeah. Can we just do the last names thing because I like doing it so much? Absolutely. Custodio Morissette.
1: Bludgeon Brothers.
2: I just love doing
1: it. Uh, (laughs) Not necessarily our main event here. Okay. Uh, but we, we did struggle a little bit to come up with a good opponent for Brock Lesnar. Yeah, we
2: really did. Uh, went through a couple people, but for different reasons. Stylistically, I just don't... Anyway, yeah, he, he was tough to find a a, part, a dance partner but for.
1: we've all kind of been trying to get this, uh, you know, David and Goliath match with Brock for a little while. That's right. I'll be it Brian or Balor. Uh, and we're not going to go with either of those guys, of course, because we need to find somebody in New Japan. Justin, they don't have anyone. Uh, I think they do, but They have no small people. No, I think they
2: do. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I I'm right they have about a this. a
1: very talented, very skilled, undersized wrestler nope. who will have an amazing match Doesn't with the Beast true. Brock Lesnar. We are doing Brock Lesnar versus... Koda Ibushi! I honestly
2: love this. I think this was fully your idea. Like you said, we were struggling for this. I, I really think that Ibushi brought could be a, a special moment. Ibushi would understand. Oh, I just, oh, yeah, I'm all in. All right, well, there's only two more matches left on this card, and they're yeah. both on the excellent side. Okay, well, and it is sort of New Japan's two biggest names right now, so uh, what's Naito going to be up to, you might ask, Justin?
1: Uh, what is he going to be up to? Just
2: I'm so glad you asked. He's going to be facing Aleister Black. Whoa, really? A couple guys punching and kicking each other in the head for reals. That should be Incredible. Just that should be concussion laden. A
1: stylistic
2: matchup. It should be great. That is, uh, I'm excited for that one. And then, uh, should I just read off what our main event is? I, I don't. Think, think I it's... think
1: the people know at this point by yeah. Uh, omission. Yeah, we so I think we said the Shield versus the Elite would be the actual main event. I. It could I, go either way.
2: I think this is your main event. Okay. And I hope they both have their respective belts at the time because I, I think every. I think most. If this isn't your answer for the supercard, I'd like to know what is. Tweet us at Top Marks Pod because maybe there's something we missed, but I feel like it's got to be AJ Styles versus Okada. That's I, I feel as a, it's got to be a singles match at the top. They're not necessarily the equivalent faces of their promotion, and so far as AJ Styles isn't really the face of the WWE, but he is holding the WWE Championship. I would love to see this match. It is your best versus best match. Basically. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's uh, exactly for,
1: for battling for brand supremacy. That is exactly In the one it. time that WWE and New Japan superstars can go head-to-head <laughs> every year. <laughs>
2: I thought that was at Survivor. Uh, just our last question this week comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow, my guy. Doug Crap. Doug Crap. And he asks... And again, this is one we got. Well, it's live. I haven't even thought about this. Uh, what was the most messed up moment in the world of wrestling in 2017? The most messed up. Yeah, I guess moment. you go a number a number of ways there, right? Um, some things that come to mind for me just out the gate are obviously this week with uh, Rich Swan, as we talked about around number two. I would say that's pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in- in-ring, were there any like botches of people getting terribly injured this year? None stand out to me. Uh, not that
1: I can think of off the top of my head. There was, of course, uh, that moment where AJ Styles nearly killed... Um, What's-his-face? Uh, oh, James Ellsworth. Uh,
2: Ellsworth with the the Styles clash where he put his head like the wrong way. I feel way. like
1: that was this year. It might have been December of last year. Yeah, I think you're right. Very there frightening either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Messed up for sure. Uh, but he made the save, he caught him and stopped that from happening. Uh This
2: podcast could be considered kind of messed up and it happened this year in wrestling. Yeah.
1: What else has been a little bit off I mean I defended it at the time but ultimately that that extremely racist segment oh, with yeah. Jinder and Nakamura
2: yep. probably didn't help either of them. I think we can safely say now that that is indeed the case. Yeah. It felt like good heat at the time. But retrospectively,
1: and even just thinking of, like, images from it in my head, I'm getting, like, the cringe feeling. Yeah, 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 I think I, I mostly share that. Although,
2: I I have mixed feelings it about It like there gender. was such a
1: natural story to be told there about, you know, you say that they hate you because they're foreign, but I'm foreign and they love me, so maybe you're just an asshole. Yeah. That they didn't tell, and I can't tell if that's because... Nakamura just can't speak, so he couldn't like live up to his end of the bargain on that. I don't think that's the reason. But I it's think... just like they didn't have any interest in telling that story when it's like, that is the natural yeah. progression of these characters fitting together. The
2: reason I'm not going to say it's Nakamura not being able to talk, because you can have Jinder, who is a great promo, I think, can just go out and say... Why, why do you do love they, him? Yeah, why do me? you love him? Like, it's not that hard to do. Because you are jerk or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you are an asshole. Well, yeah, he's got the mouth guard room. Of course, yeah. Talk like that. Yeah, right. That's what he messed up. Absolutely. <laughs> Does this make for good podcasting? Uh,
1: m- messed up in terms of, like, things that genuinely frightened you. Um, Cesaro getting his teeth pushed in was a, oh, yeah, was a, that's a great disturbing one. thing to see on television. Yeah, that was
2: brutal. That That's a great one. Um, I, I feel like the the Anthem really holding on to the Broken gimmick for so long was kind of messed up. Uh, to, to impact TNA, GCW, whatever's year was messed up. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: yeah just saying that you're Global Force without actually having oh bought the God. rights to that name. Yeah. The,
2: uh, you know what? It, 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 somebody yeah. messed up no. telling them to launch a network. Yeah. Uh, for I watched TNA this week. I got home from the road and was very bored and mm-hmm. it was on. I shouldn't say I watched the whole thing, but I watched some. Holy shit, It sucks. But they are like constantly pitching the GCW network thing they have, but in a way that is kind of interesting. When they have somebody wrestling, they do like a picture-in-picture of a highlight from another one of their matches, and they were like, go watch this on our network.
1: No, you know what? Um, I'm going to say the most messed up thing that happened this year, and you and I kind of had mixed feelings about it because we have mixed feelings about the participants involved and that we kind of uh, have a, a great deal of respect for... Uh, Pollock and Wei Ting, but oh. not necessarily for uh, Agnew and Lavransky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. I mean, the most messed up thing in wrestling this year is just Anthem in general. Yeah, Anthem. <laughs> but but particularly the decision to buy Impact and then gut your own company of both MMA analysts when you are an MMA analyst network. Yeah. And your wrestling crew as well, and firing the entire staff at the law. Uh, That whole thing is probably the stupidest, weirdest, craziest thing that happened this year in wrestling. And uh, it's, you know, has. Ultimately, nothing to do with the actual in-ring product of any company. Yeah, but I would no, say I would say that the the cancellation and firing of all of the guys at the law
2: because you gotta save money to pay for impact tapings yeah. is the most fucked up thing that happened this year. I'd I also give a special shout out to Alberto Del Rio and Page's situation. Oh yeah, yeah, super messed up. Absolutely. So, so maybe there's there's some. I'm sure we're missing a boatload, but those were uh, fuck it. We'll do it live. Like uh, Christian Bale likes to say. Absolutely,
1: and uh, I think a good downer uh, note to end this kind of downer episode on. Yeah, we talked about glum topics. It's and even dark in here now. When I we started know.
2: recording, it was bright. Now the sun is. In my living room is dark. I am. I'm going to bed the second we're done this. Uh, you're yawning, so I still got you uh, by the hook. You know, very good. Uh, there will be an episode next week. Yes. Uh, I don't. Are we going to do one of the week of Christmas? Do you think? Um,
1: I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go down, yeah. but uh, there is there is a great deal of top marks content coming your way over the holiday season, yeah, even no- despite the fact that your boy Josh is heading to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So. How
2: do you explain that? I don't know. Yes. Uh, we 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 did a little. Pre-tape. Well, I guess that's how you explain it. Yeah, live,
1: <laughs> live to tape, as it were. Yeah. I guess every episode is live to tape. Well, we did,
2: yeah, we did a, what, two and a half hour best of the year special that we're going to be re- releasing in two parts while I'm gone. Yeah,
1: with today's guest, Caitlin Hotchkiss. Yeah, so hopefully you that. enjoyed her, and she has a lot more fun discussing fun topics. Imagine that, eh? Going forward, yeah.
2: Uh, Besides that, yeah, please go rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. We love that. I beg you. I love you. If this was your first time listening, I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for coming along on the ride with us. And
1: remember, if you take away one thing. From this episode, if there's only one thing Tell what it that is. you remember about this entire show, it's that Solo, a Star Wars story, <laughs> comes out in Christmas of 2019 You motherfucker. So look forward to that <laughs> in you. theaters. Fuck you. And of course, stay hot. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Stay spicy. I refuse. Taste great. <sighs> because you're
2: Curry Man. Man! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Titus
1: Worldwide.
2: You want to do Rusev Day? No, okay, then no, we won't. I'm going to, but no, oh, fine. Rusev
0: Day.
1: Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> it's December twenty i I'm shoving him, folks. I literally <laughs> hit. Him.
2: No one's still listening. Titus Worldwide.